It's the Big Baseball Podcast with Kyle and Drew Charters. It's punching up at the top of the Big Ten standings as we've hit mid-April and maybe warmer weather. Maybe. Mm. Perhaps. Uh, Kyle Charters here with Drew Charters for the Big Baseball Podcast. Big show for you this week. We'll bring in Michigan coach Eric Backage to talk with us about the Wolverines, who have played well as of late, back-to-back sweeps against Fullerton and uh, Michigan State. So we're looking forward to the conversation with the 10th-year head coach of the Wolverines. Drew, let's jump right into this, uh, though. You know, last week we talked about uh, Maryland and Rutgers and if there was anybody else. Well, this week, guess what? We're going to talk about how there is other teams. Yeah, all of a sudden uh, there's a lot. Yeah, all of a sudden yeah, it does feel like everybody's sort of competing at the top here. So let's talk about a, a couple of those teams that I think made moves this weekend to perhaps show that there's going to be more relevancy at the top of this race than just with the two teams that we've spent a lot of time talking about in Rutgers and Maryland. Michigan is now 6-3 and three in the Big Ten, a sweep at Michigan State uh, over the weekend after the sweep of Fullerton um, the weekend before. And this last weekend against the Spartans, I mean, Michigan was really good, especially in offense, but everything was really good. And it seems like the Wolverines are starting to click here a little bit more. Outscoring Sparty 32-11 to in three combined games in East Lansing. And, you know, you score 32 and a, and a, a pitching staff that's just been sort of okay is going to be able to be a little right. bit more comfortable. And the thing that I love about this Michigan team is is the top two guys in the lineup. I mean, you got two guys who, you know, if you get this kind of production out of uh, Clark Elliott and Joe Stewart, you're going to score 32 runs. I mean, they scored 13 of them from the one-two spots themselves. 17 hits combined, 14 runs driven in, which that number to me seems crazy. It tells you that the bottom of the order is also getting on base. A couple of doubles, a triple, and five homers. Out of those two guys, Joe Stewart obviously having a little bit of uh, motivation taking on his his former team. And so a Michigan team that I think is a bubble team right now for the NCAA tournament probably moves itself a little bit closer to the correct side of the bubble as its RPI moves from in the 80s to, at least according to D1Baseball.com, up to number 71. Probably needs to continue to climb from there. But this is a Michigan team that seems to be finding its footing a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing how so much can change in one week in a Big Ten season. And we're going to be talking about all these other teams uh, this week. You know, this is the Michigan team that we thought we would see, I suppose, from the beginning of the season. A, a team with, with good pitching and an explosive offense, right? And this is really, I think, the first time over a whole weekend that we've seen that yeah. explosive offense, especially out of those 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 one-two guys and Clark Elliott and Joe Stewart that you just mentioned. You know, I think we're going to see Michigan's RPI jumped nine spots this week, you know, in, in the sweep. I think you're going to see with, with the schedule that Michigan made at the beginning of the season, losing some close games and now probably being able to win some games in the Big Ten season, I think you're going to see that RPI continue to jump Um going down the the correct way. Yeah. 71 right now. I think you'll see that go down. We talked about the schedule last week and those next 12 games for Michigan. Yeah, did you figure out the math this week? You got it? Well, probably not. <laughs> but I know for a fact that they're 3 and 0 in in those true, 12 yeah. and they've got nine more 
12 minus That's 3 is 9. Job. Excellent. Nine more, Ohio State at Purdue and then Indiana. So with those with that 12-game stretch we talked about was so important, they're off to a really good start in it at 3-0. Yeah, I you know that's a good, a good way to put it. And you know this this Michigan team lost at home to Purdue Fort Wayne, a team that at that time had won like five it was like five and twenty two. So Michigan is five games above five hundred now. So they basically I think that that game that would have dropped them under five hundred or five hundred it, it was not good. And and you're sitting there thinking, man, uh, what's going on with Michigan to lose a midweek home game like that? And to back his credit, I think he pushed the right buttons. He did not freak out after that game, reading some of the comments yeah. from him, and sort of stayed the course. And I, I think that has been good for the Wolverines. Man, it's going to be a nice last couple of weekends. Uh, Maryland and Rutgers to end the season. Ooh. Uh, so Michigan's going to put itself in position, I think, uh, with the schedule that it has to be there at the end. Now, can it beat those two teams? We will see. Illinois is now 10-2. and two. One game back of Rutgers in the Big Ten standing. The Illini, who had hovered around 500 for a bunch of the season, are now 19 and 14 overall. They've won five straight, including that goes back to the last two against Iowa, uh, a, a good midweek victory against Illinois State, and then sweeping Northwestern this last weekend. And so the Illini suddenly are not only a team, I think, that you know, has a chance here in the Big Ten. But a, a team, too, that if you're looking for a fourth team, maybe a fifth team, depending on how you feel about Iowa, you know, maybe they've got a chance if they continue to pick up some victories to – I think they got a ways to go still. But maybe they've got a chance here to to find a way into an NCAA regional. Yeah, we've been talking about how they've sort of just been sliding under the radar yeah. this entire season, and I think they're still kind of just sliding under the radar, even though you know they're they're up at the top and and they continue to. Uh, I don't know if prove us wrong is the right thing because we've been talking about them and how good they are and and and, and but they they continue to kind of surprise here uh, this season in the Big Ten. We've been talking about. You know, is the the offense is good. The offense is really good. Illinois defense is always really good. Is the pitching good enough to 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 sustain to win games? Well, it was good enough but this that, weekend. It was good enough this weekend. Yeah. Uh, Shipper pitched well. Five innings, just a run. Crowder, five innings, two runs in game two. Yeah. So they were they were good enough this weekend. I, well, I and Gowans and in, in, in Riley Gowans in game three, seven innings, three hits. Uh, Illinois won a Sunday game at home. Right. At Illinois Field, which is typically uh, yeah. fifteen to seventeen, yeah, uh, won that game three to nothing. I, you know, Illinois plays Maryland this week, so yeah. this is the week but where at, at home again, at home, yes, this is the week where Illinois could take that step from flying under the radar to mm-hmm. being a legit. Yeah. They're already legit. I'm not. I'm not saying they're not a legit contender, but they're they're going to go from flying under the radar. They win two games against Maryland. They're not flying under the radar anymore. They got everybody's attention. Illinois really good at home, undefeated in the Big Ten in at Illinois Field, which they're comfortable playing there. It suits that offense well. Six and zero against uh, Purdue and Northwestern. They've won the other two series too on the road. And you know at Iowa they took two of three. At Michigan State Open, the Big Ten season took two of three as well. So who are those two teams chasing the the two uh, that we know and that have gotten talked about a lot? Rutgers now eleven and one in the Big Ten. The winning streak is up to 15 games. 
And I, I thought that I thought they would just cruise by Indiana to give the Hoosiers yeah. a little bit of credit uh, in Pescataway this last weekend. Indiana really came to play, but Rutgers again just finds ways. They made great plays defensively. Um, Tony Santa Maria um, made a great play, a diving play that saved maybe saved uh, one of the games against Indiana at third base. And then offensively, you you know they are able to rally in game two when they're down, and it looks like you know maybe Indiana is going to be able to take a game. Uh, they get a walk off then in game three, so. They just have different ways of winning baseball games, and Rutgers, you know, is now thirty and six overall as it gets set to host Iowa this weekend. I think the concern for Rutgers is: has the schedule been tough enough? Now we, you know, yeah. they traveled all over the place. However, however, <laughs> they all twenty-one of their wins have come with teams against uh, with, with an RPI of. Yes. 100 to 200. Correct. 21 of their wins. 21 of their 30 wins. Yes. So while they've traveled all over the country, literally all over the country, to play games, they haven't played a whole lot of great teams. There are well, they, they haven't even. Hold on. 21 wins come against teams with an RPI of 100 to 200. They've only played two games total against teams that have an yeah. RPI, RPI in the top 100. So while they have gone on the road... They didn't go on the road necessarily and play a, a bunch of great teams. So that right. is the concern maybe for Rutgers. Well, I, and, and going a step further there, the 30-6 the and six overall record, I think, has helped them maintain a good RPI right now at 28. But if they start, like, for example, they play Iowa this weekend at 72. If they play Iowa and lose, that I think you're going to see that RPI drop yeah. significantly if they're going to start losing to good teams. So a big weekend here for Rutgers uh, against Iowa. You know, we talk about are are the Scarlet Knights a potential regional host? You know, are they are they good enough to host a regional? They're 30 and 6. They're looking fantastic. 11 and 1 in Big 10. They're not even ranked. Yeah. D1 doesn't even have them ranked right now in the top 25, which I think tells you how much they value uh, you know, that strength of schedule and, and that RPI right there. Maryland is seven and two, twenty nine and seven overall. Bobby Zamarzalak hit a three run bomb for a walk off in game one of uh, the series against uh, Ohio State. Is that right? Uh, Maryland. Who, yeah. Why do I not have that written down? Who did <laughs> yes, they play this? Yes, Ohio, Ohio State. State. Yeah. Can make, uh, you look something up on the fly right there. Yeah, no, Ohio I, State. Yeah, Ohio State. Um, after it looked like the Buckeyes were going to steal a win there. So RPI for Maryland is 22. I, I think if the Terps close strong, it you know it has a more legitimate chance, I think, uh, for a, a possible host. It, it, they do. They've got to play well down the stretch here. They've got, they've got Illinois next. They've got at Rutgers still, at Rutgers in New Jersey. And then they're home against Michigan. That's not right in a row. They've got Northwestern and Purdue scattered in there as well. But, you know, uh, you know at least three of the next five series – uh, for Maryland are really tough. All right, let's hit uh, our awards, Big Bat and Big Arm, then we'll get to our interview with Michigan coach Eric Backage. Uh, so let's see here. Why don't you read off some of your nominees? Keep it pithy uh, for Big Bat. Uh, Big Bat, I've got uh, Brandon Comia for Illinois. Talk about walk-offs. Oh, yeah. Uh, he had one in game one. That was a crazy single. game. 
Yeah, they uh, Northwestern, Jay Bashirs, he's a nominee just because he hit the Grand Slam. They had yeah. hit a Grand Slam uh, in that game to take the lead, and Illinois fought back. Um, Comia hit that walk-off single to center field in game one. He was four for five with two runs scored and three RBIs and a home run in that game. Um, Cam McDonald, also for Illinois, eight for 14 over the weekend, five RBIs. He was five for five. Uh, with five RBIs, a double and a home run just in game two of that series. Uh, for Maryland, you just mentioned Bobby Zamarzlak, uh, six for 12 on the weekend, uh, eight RBIs, five runs scored. He had two home runs and a double, one of those home runs being the the uh, three-run walk-off shot in game one. Kevin Keister, uh, six for 11, five runs scored, four RBIs, a couple of doubles. And that's all I got. All right. Uh, for Penn State, Nittany Lions took two of three from Purdue. Josh Beagle had a big game, seven hits, uh, a couple of doubles, two home runs, nine runs driven in. He scored three runs as well. The two guys uh, Michigan were outstanding, uh, who we mentioned earlier. Elliott had nine hits, had eight runs. He had nine runs driven in, a double, a triple, and three home runs. In game one against Michigan State, he was four for five with eight RBI, three homers, and five runs in one game. Joe Stewart had eight hits, five runs, five RBI, a double, and a couple of home runs. We're going to go in a little bit of a different direction. I think it's possible the Big Ten gives its player of the week to uh, Clark Elliott. But look, uh, this is big bat. So what you got to do is you got to come through in big situations. That's how you win the big bat. And for Rutgers, Jordan Sweeney, he had only four hits on the weekend, but a couple of them were really big. Uh, of the four hits, he had a, a triple and a home run, and he drove in seven runs. That's because he had a three-run triple in the eighth as Rutgers took a lead against Indiana. Then the following day in game three, he hit the walk-off home run. So Jordan Sweeney delivered a couple of victories to the Scarlet Knights over the weekend. So he is our big bat for this week. Uh, for big arm, uh, quickly, who you got? Uh, Adam Mazur for Iowa in a 9-3 victory over Minnesota. Went eight innings, six hits, three runs, but only one of them was earned. He struck out 11 and did not walk anyone. Uh, for Minnesota, Aiden Maldonado had a good outing and uh, a no decision. Five and a third, just two hits, a couple of walks, and nine strikeouts for he's Maldonado. Better. He's been, he's he been better. Yeah. Uh, Going over to Illinois, uh, we've mentioned uh, a couple of these guys already today. Jack Crowder, uh, 11-6 victory over Northwestern. Five innings, four hits, couple of runs, eight strikeouts. Riley Gowans uh, in, a, in a shutout victory over Northwestern. Seven innings, three hits, uh, five strikeouts, a couple of walks uh, for Riley. And Jason Savakul uh, for Maryland in a win against Ohio State. A big win, 16-1. to but Savakul pitched well. Seven innings, just three hits, a couple of walks, and seven strikeouts. A few guys here. Cameron Weston uh, picked up a victory against Michigan State. Seven innings, gave up a couple of runs on a couple of hits, nine strikeouts. Jack Perkins, a no decision. Indiana lost to Rutgers. Seven innings, gave up a run. He struck out eight. Um, Travis Lunsman, he pitched well for Penn State in a start. Six innings, just four hits, a couple of runs. They were both unearned, six strikeouts. Uh, he beat Purdue. But I'm going to give this to Cody Frank uh, for Nebraska. Went six and two-thirds innings. Just one hit, no runs. He struck out seven. He got the no decision. Nebraska did win the game. It was part of a combined one-hitter in the Cornhuskers' victory against BYU. Those were some good games. BYU took three of four, though, 
all four games were one-run uh, contests, but Frank will get our big arm for uh, this week. He was, uh, he was excellent in that start against BYU. All right, let's uh, take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk to Eric Mackage of Michigan. That's coming up next on the Big Baseball Podcast, a production of 1017 The Hammer. Package to the Big Baseball Podcast, the 10th year head coach of the Michigan Wolverines, a guy we always appreciate having on with us. Uh, hey, coach, your, your team coming off a, a sweep of, of Michigan State, you have to be pretty happy, I think, with how you have played here recently, especially you know after that midweek loss to Purdue Fort Wayne. Uh, I don't think you wanted to hit, you know, judging from some of the comments you made, I don't think you wanted to hit the panic button at that you know, moment and, and probably a good thing you didn't because you're six and one since then. Uh, do you feel like your team's playing pretty well? Hey, Kyle. Hey, thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on the podcast. As always, great to talk Michigan baseball, Big Ten baseball. Uh, yes, to answer your question, we are, we are playing better. Uh, we played a gauntlet of a schedule early in the season, really challenged ourselves, came up on the wrong end of a lot of games, got walked off a few times. Uh, you know, really, really, uh, you know, I don't want to say lost our confidence because that wasn't it. It just, it's, it's just a different feeling now, uh, you know, kind of having our feet underneath us. We're not traveling quite as extensively. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, we, we took our lumps. We got knocked down quite a bit, but we got back up every time. And, uh, that, you know, the, the roller coaster that we were on feels like it's, you know, starting to have a little more stability to it. And uh, just great to see our guys playing better, playing free, uh, and, uh, you know, kind of back to some of those, those fundamental things that when you, when you play a kid's game, you, yeah. know, you should be having fun and, and should be able to play free. And it looks like we're doing that now. Did it take this team a little bit of time to find its identity? I don't know if we. I don't know if we still have our identity. I, I think we've seen flashes of it, but in order to have an identity, you need to do something consistently over time. And um, you know, the way we've played the last two weekends is certainly more indicative of a team whose identity would be a team who's, uh, you know, got good pitching, good defense, gets timely hits, gets clutch hits, and can have an explosive offense. Uh, I do do see some of that in our identity. Um, we play really hard. See that in our identity. Our kids hustle all over the field. That's certainly part of our identity. They're high energy. They're into the game. They're loud. That that's part of our identity. So yeah, I think all those things are starting to come come together. We just need to do it on a on a consistent basis to you know to be able to say, yep, that's who we are. Yeah. Talking to Eric Mackage, the the Wolverines head baseball coach. You mentioned your schedule earlier. You guys do play uh, pretty much anybody who's who's willing to play you. Have you found it more difficult or easier to schedule since you guys made your run in the College World Series a few years ago, or or has it not changed at all? Well, I've, I've noticed that we get asked to participate in some bigger tournaments, like the Globe Life tournament this year. Um, the Shriners uh, tournament next year. Mm. We're going back to to Dodger to Dodger Town, 
to the MLB four tournament. I mean, it's just, you know, we're, we're just not doing the, you know, the, the early season games on the back fields of some complex. We're in, <laughs> you know, we're in, we're in pretty big tournaments now with some pretty big teams, pretty elite blue blood type teams. And, you know, with that, there's, there's less margin for right. error. And, uh, you know, maybe early for us, you know, we've, we've always said, you know, we, we've had some seasons, Kyle, where we come out and, uh, you know, we we're crushing some, maybe some lesser teams early on, on those backfields. Um, uh, but maybe that's not preparing us to, uh, you know, to, uh, to make the, to, to, to be the type of team we need to be in order to make a run. Right. in the postseason. So I, I think it's, you know, there's a balance there for sure. Uh, you want to you want to schedule good competition to get you guys ready for the Big Ten and to and for the postseason. Uh, but, the, you know, there also is a lot of value in, in winning games and the feelings that you get from winning. So you, you do try to find that balance. We obviously didn't find that balance early in this part of the year. Uh, but it, it feels like all of that, though, because we stayed positive, because we stuck with it, because we just kept the focal point on getting better and growth and, and you know, sticking with uh, the, the standards of our program and the, the fundamentals, the foundational uh, components of our program. You know, we didn't hit any reset buttons. We didn't do anything like that. We just stuck with it. Yeah. And um, and the game's coming back around to us now, which is good to see. But yeah, there is a balance of, of scheduling good competition, but yet, you know, making sure your guys are in a position to have success. Uh, but I, I honestly, if to answer your question in a, in a succinct, <laughs> precise way, um, if we want to be a team that takes the next step and is in the conversation of hosting. Mm-hmm. regionals and super regionals and being a perennial powerhouse and being an Omaha program, not just having an Omaha team, right. then, then we have to, we have to schedule that way. We have to recruit that way. We have to develop that way. We, we, that's just what it takes uh, in order to grow a program uh, to be one of the best. And that's, I, I don't think we're going to deviate from that plan. That is still very much the mission. Yeah, you've you've reached the point, I think at least, and and maybe you'll disagree, where an NCAA regional is sort of an expectation rather than a goal. I mean, you've made it there three of the last four seasons, of course, excluding the one canceled year. Um, but as you sort of mentioned, the next step being a, being a host and and you know having that sort of be the next thing is that that pretty accurate to sort of where you guys feel like you are right now. That's very fair. Yeah, since since 2015, um, yeah, we have we have watched every selection show um, a couple of those times in 2016 and 2018. We were one of the bubble teams that were left out, and it was devastating. Yeah, I mean, our guys were truly devastated in 2016 and 2018 not to be included in in regional play. So so yeah, it, it's very much an expectation. It's devastating when it doesn't happen um and you know we got a taste we got a taste of what the the mountaintop is and everyone's addicted now and so (laughs) just getting to a regional isn't even i hate to say it it's just not as 
it would be devastating, and I say devastating, devastating in the sports terms, right. devastating, um, not to be included. But you know, now that now that when you when you get a taste of the mountaintop, you know you're addicted and you want to do everything to go back and just you know going last year going to and out in the regional, that was extremely disappointing. Um, that wasn't that wasn't the set goal. So yeah. you know, while in in Previous years, it might have been a celebratory thing just to get to a regional. Yeah, you're right. It is. It is an expectation now, and it's in, in now that we've experienced making a run through the postseason. Uh, anything short of that would be a disappointment. Yeah. This team's got a really good offense. It seems like. I mean, a, a versatile group, uh, one through nine, seems to have some depth there too. But man. Drew and I have talked about this. We talked about it earlier. Uh, those two guys at the top of your order, I think you can stack up against you know any two guys at the top of any order in Clark Elliott and Joe Stewart. Just this last weekend alone, I was adding up the numbers yesterday. 17 hits, 13 runs, 14 runs driven in, which is incredible. A couple of doubles, a triple, five home runs between the two of them in your sweep against Michigan State. I mean, you get that kind of production out of one, two you're going to win a lot of baseball games. Those guys have been great. They're great table setters. You're right. They, they really are. And, um, you know, with Ted Burton and Matt Fry and Jimmy Overtop and Tito Flores, Riley Bertram behind him, it's a, it's a long lineup. Yeah. It's tough to, it's tough to pitch through. It's a lot of older kids that have got a lot of college ABs under their belt. And, um, you know, yeah, we, we faced some pretty good pitching this year. You know, we've seen that. We've seen the the high V low, high nineties guys. We've seen the exploding sliders and off speed guys, and uh, you know, it's it's all of that has prepared us as we kind of na- navigate the the meat of the Big Ten here now uh, very well for uh, for what lies ahead. So yeah. I'm glad that they saw the type of pitching they saw uh, in in all the places that we went to start this year. Um, it's, it's helped us. It's, it's calloused, calloused our minds. Uh, <laughs> I don't think there's anything yeah. that we're going to experience. We've, we've won and lost all different ways and played all different kinds of baseball this year and different kinds of baseball games and seen guys from all over the country. So it's, it's been great. And um, even though our, our record isn't indicative of the, uh, maybe the caliber of our players or team, uh, it's it's going to help us moving forward for sure. Calloused our mind. I haven't heard that phrase that way. I, I like that. I think it's a, uh, maybe is indicative of sort of where your team has been, maybe especially with the pitching staff, right? Because it, it, it has taken a while to sort of find roles for those guys. Is that a good way to put it? And, um, you know, have those guys start to click a little bit? Do you feel better about where your staff is now? than maybe where it was a month ago? I do, yeah. We, we've figured some things out on the weekend. Um, we've got some, some starters that, uh, you know, have, have had a, some quality starts here as of late. Um, and then we've got some guys that are, are true swingmen that can, that can relieve or start in, in Jacob Denner and Noah Renard and Chase Allen, you know, and the versatility of those three guys really helps us on the weekend because that's one thing we have figured out lately is we're going to leave that Sunday slot in a, in a TBA listing yeah. just because we may need those three guys to pitch in relief on Friday and Saturday. 
And if one of them has not pitched, like Chase Allen had not pitched going into Sunday, then he was able to start. Uh, and so it just gives us up more options. Uh, Willie Weiss has been throwing uh, better as of late. He, he was the recipient of some really tough luck early in the season. He was on the, on the, on the wrong side of some ninth-inning uh, walk-offs. And uh, I think that's really, really uh, thickened his skin as well. And, you know, he's a senior and he's got a big time arm, a lightning bolt for an arm. He mm-hmm. got in the game yesterday and or Sunday and still in 97 and mm-hmm. he's got a, he's got a really good slider and he's, he's been an all American in our program. He's been an all big 10 performer. Like he knows how to pitch and he knows what to do. And I think he's going to have a really big second half as well. And that gives us another bolt. And then the, you know the emergence of some young guys we have we have some guys that just you know they're either young and have never pitched in college baseball or we got some guys that just haven't pitched in a while um that weren't really the the go-to guys on last year's team or you know maybe they didn't pitch a lot just between the covid year and last year uh they didn't get many reps so it's it's taken them you know 35 games to 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 find their footing as well and so i do think from a so the, the, those top five guys, plus then the next five guys, uh, we are starting to, to get on more solid ground from a pitching standpoint. Um, the bullpen depth w- was an area of concern early, but it looks like we're starting to shore that up, uh, which obviously bodes well uh, as we get into to the heart of conference play here. I think not only you know with your team being an example, but across the Big Ten, the absence of the midweek games last year is showing up now with with guys that you're putting in bigger spots that just don't have the level of experience that, that they typically would, right? I mean, guys that would have pitched more for you on Tuesdays and Wednesdays that just didn't get that chance last year. It feels yeah, like that's it, the case across the Big Ten to me. It Yeah, that's, it certainly was an unorthodox year, and you had some weekends playing pods where you had, you know, four games and it just, you know, so maybe there were some, some weekends where, um, you know, that, that pod play was like a midweek, but it just, you're right. It, the, the, the p- pitching and really baseball is about being, have establishing routines and being able to get consistent in those routines. And, and between the COVID year and, and last year, I mean, it, it was the, the lack of, of routine that that's everybody yeah uh you know and, and it certainly felt in the big 10 when we had a different type of schedule than everybody else but still you know we as coaches just need to do a good job of trying to navigate that and scripting out maybe some some midweek competition even if it's just inner squad competition mm-hmm. to bring to bring those guys along um but yeah it's, it's it, summer ball wasn't as prevalent less college games. Um, yeah, so I, you're right. There's, there's probably something to that where there is a ripple effect of just a decrease in the number of, of repetitions available and pitches to be thrown uh, where, you know, you're starting to see maybe the bumps and bruises uh, in the early goings of this season, but it's also an opportunity for guys to, you know, accelerate that learning curve now. Yeah. Do you like the way your schedule lines up? It's, it, it feels like, and I know there are no breaks uh, really in the, in the Big Ten, but it feels like you've got an opportunity to get on a little bit of a roll. And then 
Uh, you got a couple big series at the end of the year at Maryland and against Rutgers at home, the two teams maybe that have at least gotten a lot of the headlines for the way that they have started uh, the season. Do you like, you know, the idea of, of, you know, playing those two teams in the last week? And, I, you know, it feels like things will shake out uh, those two weekends in terms of who wins the Big Ten regular season and then, you know, headed into what should be a, a great tournament as it returns again to uh, to Omaha. Kyle, I, I, I know why you're asking the question, but where we are in our season, <laughs> we are <laughs> – we cannot look past uh, today's training and, and our next game, and it just happened. I do like our schedule and the fact that we've got you know two rivalry weekends in a row, and it was Sparty last this past weekend, and yeah. now we've got Ohio State coming in this weekend. Our one hundred percent of our focus is on on just preparing for Ohio State right now, and. Uh, the end of the year is just those, those last two weekends in the Big Ten. That's so far away right now, <laughs> yeah. and, and where where we are, in, you know, in order to keep playing well, we we truly, and as much as I hate giving cliches and coach speak, <laughs> but we truly have to take it one at a time and one day at a time, because uh, that's where we are. That's the position we've put ourselves in. Yeah, um, you know, we don't have a uh, some some inflated RPI with a bunch of wins under our belt against good teams. I mean, we've, we've taken our lumps. We've, we really struggled early on, you know, and, you know, played some really good teams and then, and then lost to some teams that, you know, we probably look at and say, I, I can't believe we lost those games, but we did. And there's, there's nothing we can do to change that now. And, and we just, we've done a good job of just trying to narrow the focus to just, just, this moment and this day and this opportunity to compete and that's that's where we are truly 100 yeah. percent candidly we are we are not looking past anything we are laser focused in on on preparing for ohio state right now that's the luxury i have as the host of this little podcast i can look at whatever i want you on the other <laughs> hand have to take it day by day i understand hey uh, coach i appreciate it best of luck this weekend against ohio state and we will uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks up here at at purdue Ah, uh, it sounds great, Kyle. Look forward to seeing you. All right, uh, that's uh, Michigan coach Eric Backage joining us on the podcast. We'll take a break. Back with the weekend rotation. That's next on the Big Baseball Podcast. Thanks again to Eric Backage for coming on the podcast with us. Let's hit the weekend rotation. The items that we are looking forward to this week. And Drew, topic number one, you know, whereas last week we were sort of concerned maybe that there would only be two reps in the NCAA tournament from the Big Ten, I think there's a real possibility that you could have three, four, man, maybe even five if you start to look at, you know, Michigan, Illinois, Iowa maybe. The Hawkeyes are 20-12, and 6-3 in the Big Ten with an RPI of 72, they come off a sweep of Minnesota. Now, you know, Iowa plays at Rutgers this weekend. It's a big series if Iowa wants to be able to make a charge and, and perhaps become a team that gets into the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's we're either talking about Iowa next week or we're not going to be talking about Iowa this next week. It's yeah. going to determine, you know, it's going to be based on this series. They've got Nebraska, Purdue, Michigan State, Indiana, uh, the rest of the year. So this is really an important series for Iowa to prove 
that, that they can play and they belong in that tournament. Five's always that number, right? In the Big Ten, to me it is at least, that number of you get five in the Big Ten, that's a great season for the Big Ten. Less than that, you know, it's okay. Five's always that goal. And, and you know, last week we thought it was two. Now all of a sudden we think it's maybe four or five. So we're, we're right back on track. Uh, topic number two, I, I was over in Happy Valley for the Penn State-Purdue series, of course. That felt like a big series as you start to look toward the top eight teams that will make the Big Ten tournament. You felt like if Purdue won the rubber game on Saturday, as that series was pushed mm-hmm. up a day due to Easter, that it would really sort of solidify itself as a team that probably was going to be there. Penn State, you felt like Penn State had to win the game you know, for it to give it a chance. So it became a really big game. Penn State ultimately wins it. It wins two of three uh, from the Boilermakers. And so, you know, you start to look at those last couple of spots, and it feels like really the last three spots that there are four teams, Northwestern, Nebraska, Penn State, and Purdue, vying for the final three spots. And it just seems like one of those four teams is going to be left out. Yeah, and now you've got Purdue, Purdue setting on an off week playing Belmont this week and sort of just sitting back and rooting for IU, Michigan State, and Minnesota. You know, Nebraska could take a big jump this week if, when you're talking about just those four because they got IU. Um, you know, if they, if they can get a sweep against the Hoosiers, you know, they'll make a pretty significant jump there. Northwestern at home against Michigan State and Penn State for them, they really need to beat this Minnesota team this weekend. It's an important series for them. All right, uh, what are you watching this weekend? Uh, I and you will be watching Purdue as the Boilermakers host Belmont. That's the one team that the one series that is out of conference. There are other big ones that we have mentioned. Uh, I, I I'm just I'm intrigued by Iowa and Rutgers. I mean I I think that if yeah. if the Hawkeyes can you know a break the winning streak of the Scarlet Knights, but maybe go on the road win a game. You know if if it was able to win two games, because for Rutgers this represents a team in the top 100 RPI too right. for Rutgers. So a little bit more quality opponent for the Scarlet Knights as well. So that's an interesting one. Um, you know, uh, a lot. There's a lot. I think this is the first weekend of the Big Ten where there's there, you've got eyes everywhere. You've yeah. got eyes on at least three different series. That's a very important one. The Maryland at Illinois is an extremely important one. Uh, and then Ohio State at Michigan. Can Michigan continue yeah. You know, in that game of stretch, that, that, that stretch of 12 games to, to win and put themselves in the conversation? Yeah, I, I I like it too, and it feels like you know this is sort of the start of the final run here right. for everybody as we hit the second half or many of the Big Ten, and and we'll see how all of this shakes out. All right, that'll do it for the podcast for this week. Thanks to Eric Backage for coming on with us. We do appreciate his time as always. We'll drop another one next Tuesday as we learn more about the Big Ten. For Drew Charters, I'm Kyle Charters. This is the Big Baseball Podcast, a production of 1017 The Hammer. You're out!